I wanted to read um, from James, first chapter, uh, verse 18. This is uh, talking to believers, and he says, Of his own will he beget us with the word of truth that we should be kind of a first fruits of his creatures. And he said right before that, you could start there. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. Of his own will he begat us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. All creatures, angels, men, um, spirits, they're all creatures. They're his creatures. This here is referring to the new creature that we are in him that, like Peter says, you, uh, in First Peter he says, being born again, not of corruptible seed. That's born of the flesh already. Everyone is that sort of a creature, as it were. Um, but we're born of incorruptible seed, the Word of God. And so that's the new creature that Paul says it's Christ living in me. And Peter says right here in First Peter, this is verse like 22, you have purified your souls, your lives, in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned or not hypocritical, not conditional, not partial. For this person, yeah, not that person. As believers, love this one, not that one. Forgive this one, won't forgive that one. So he's saying you obeying the truth is to have love for one another with a pure heart, fervently, being born again of incorruptible seed. But we have the old corruptible nature, and they're all very well aware of that, and so is everyone. And and that's why Peter said in his second letter, he said, though he has promised unto us the the promise that we can partake of his divine nature, and it's done through faith. And, of course, that faith comes from him because he is the author and finisher of our faith. He's of us. We are his workmanship. And so he says, of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth. And if you've read John or familiar with that, he makes it very clear uh, what walking in the truth is. And he says in this uh, second letter of John, it's only one chapter, but in the very first um, when well, I've lost my place. in the very first, the second verse of the very first, the only chapter for the truth's sake for the truth's sake which dwells in us see he's talking about a person <clears throat> I am the way the truth and life and shall be with us forever for the truth's sake which dwells in us shall and I rejoice greatly that I find my children walking in the truth having received a commandment from the father now I beseech you that you there's no new commandment but the one from the beginning we love one another and this is love that we walk after his commandment and that is that we should walk it that's walking in the truth 
that uh, and that's for the truth's sake and that's what peter's saying in obeying the truth you purify your love and it is so possible it, i mean it's so easy uh to live in a love that's still human and the way that james is talking to them about is that you fight and envy and strive and you pray and you try and you ask but you don't receive and he's talking about that it's a matter of faith and not being double-minded, that you want it with all your heart. The problem certainly isn't with God, whether or not he can do it, because that's what he's saying. He's already, we're born again already. He lives in us already, and we should be kind of a first fruit. And I, I, real quick, in the Gospel of John, these are words I'm, probably we all know, but they're so precious to me in a way, and always have been, but so much more as, as time goes by. He says, I am the true vine, this John 15. Abide in me, and I in you, because the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you then bear fruit, except you abide in me. If you abide in me and I in you, then you bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can't do anything or bring forth any fruit. And your works would be burned, as it were, uh, because they're not done with the right heart. But if you abide in me and my words in you, then my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and you'll be my disciples. As the fathers loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandment, you'll abide in my love, even as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in him. And these things I've said unto you, for your own joy can be full. Your joy can, my joy can remain in you and your joy, then it would be your joy be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And we all know that. And before that, in chapter 14, he talks about, I will come and I will live in you. I'm going away, but I'm going to pray the Father. He'll send the Spirit. I will come unto you. I won't leave you comfortless. And it's where he says here, I've told you this before it comes to pass in uh, chapter 14, 29. So when it comes to pass, you might believe. And he's talking about being when the Spirit, that was the promise of the Spirit. They've been looked for for hundreds and hundreds of years by the Jewish people. But James is saying here, it's after that point and born again and all that. And he said, we've been born again for that reason to bear fruit, just like the Lord said. And the fruit is, the fruit of the Spirit is, we all know that, love, joy, peace. See, and there's no way around it. And it's so hard to me anyway, not so much anymore, but it, it back for years and years, it was so hard. I was like the unfaithful servant. It's too hard. It's too hard. You're asking fruit. He said that unfaithful servant said, well, you didn't even provide the, the seed. Or, you know, that's how hard you're so, too hard of a master. You ask too much. And I went that way. And that's what really you look at what James is saying. That is the double mindedness that can happen. But anyway, he says we're, we're born for this. We're, we're the new creature. That's what we should do. And, and they Peter, John, all of them make it clear. The Lord, they all make it clear that what the fruit is being in fellowship with him to the point you have his love. And if you have any darkness or unforgiveness or bitterness, it grieves the spirit and you're not in fellowship with him. And um, it's something that only in recent years have, have, have 
I've been woke up to the fact of that it is that way. And that is what James is saying. It has to be that way. Or you go the other way and say that, well, no, it can't be that way. And it'll just have to be the best it can be. But I'll still have something coming from it, even though I'm not doing that. And that's the deception. And I want to, to look at real quick here with what time I have left is that he gives the reason for it. It's so important because once you wake up to the struggle and race, which I was asleep to for a long time, but when you wake up to it, then you're either having no resentment, casting out all bitterness, and at least being in that state of mind, or something happens, even comes back to mind, or in the present from somebody something says or this or that, and causes resentment or bitterness to come back in. And then at that point, a person, I experienced this back and forth, you fall, and then you realize it after it's done, and you get back up, and you, and you come back to him, be forgiven, and start over. That's true, and that's possible. But James and Peter, all of them talk about uh, uh, when you are after a time you would become settled and more tested and tried out to where you would become more settled and able to, to where like James says you could count it all joy through these things and you begin to have this perfect patience but let it be complete uh, lacking nothing so what I'm trying to get down to is I think James it's like he just comes right out with it but if a person can stay with what he's saying he's saying blessed is the man that endures temptation and the Lord promises him a reward to them that love him. That's the key. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You can't keep all the commandments, and then that comes out to loving him. It's like the Ten Commandments, keep all of them, then you keep the great one, and that's the way of man. But the way with the Lord is, no, you love him with all your heart, then with that love. It were, it's the, but his commandment is love each other's eyes. They go together. So blessed is the man that endures temptation, He'll receive the crown of life, which God is, or the Lord's promise to them that love him. And then James says, don't let, uh, let no man say, no, nobody say that when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. We talked about that some last time, but it's not so much people saying, yeah, God came to me and tempted me. No, I believe it's more like I did anyway and looked at, well, this is how God set it up and this and that and this person in my life, uh, family or not or what. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know, somehow, how, how come it's this way, you know? How come these testings come along and he, that's a believer and the Lord lives in him. How come he wouldn't sort of prevent that a little bit and let, or, or let them hurt me? You know, and I don't know, somehow like that, sort of blame God, sort of like Adam and Eve. They, well, the woman you gave me, well, the serpent you made and all that kind of thing. But James comes out and says, and I think it's not trying to be ugly. Uh, it's like the Lord said, my commandments are not grieve, grievous. And James is not trying to be that way. But if I tried to look at this and I, he's saying, here's what you have to understand. Then when it begins to happen, instead of falling all the time back and forth, back and forth, you begin to be able to stand by seeing what is happening. Every man, each and every man, it means no one, everybody. And it says the Lord doesn't tempt any man. It's not his fault is what James is saying. Don't blame him. Don't blame each other. Because what we want to say is it's not my fault. I don't care whose it is. But it's not mine. And so he's saying, yes, it is. Every man, everyone. It's not God's fault. It's not anyone else's fault. Every man. The Lord said, I look in the heart. 
the resentment doesn't come from that person that come and said something to you and then they give you the resentment and then it comes back. No, it's in your heart already. And that's a hard thing to to um, look at, but it is. The Lord said it all comes out of your heart. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. When this lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Do not err. E-R-R. Do not be in error, my beloved brethren. And he's talking about don't be deceived. So the answer is, he's saying, you are the con man and you're the mark. And the idea is your own lust and the enticement is your own doing. So when you're tested or tried and the way that you fall and fail, don't blame God or anyone else. Every man is drawn away. Drawn away is like dragged out. You're dragged away from something. It would be in the right nature. And that's uh, where he says, you know, evil will get a hold of you and, and uh, blind you. And you're drawn away. You're, you're dragged away from where you were of your own lust, your own lust. And that means uh, just uh, selfishness, basically, is, is what it is, what you want. Like James says over here, you want to consume. You pray for an answer and, and peace and joy, but it's for your own lust on your own self, what you want. And it's hard to admit, but this idea of the old nature, how it is, it's so comfortable, and it's so much like kind of like an outlaw putting back on the guns, you know. And I have a right to do it. I have a reason. I'm right this time. Now, before I was wrong, but now I'm right. And it's deception. It'll come back in. And every man is tested when he draws away his own self, his own lust of what he wants to get a hold of. And it, good or bad, mostly bad, but the idea is what you want really bad. You're drawn away of your own desire and enticed. That's a word that means to be like, I don't know, it's a decoy, I, I think is the root of it, in the way that it's a entrapment. You're, in, you're, in, you're drawn away of your own lust and entrapped. You're, you're, you're caught up in your, <clears throat> your own trap. And so then when the desire you have of your own heart, and you're already double-minded here when you begin to fall, that's what it is, is it brings forth sin. It's conceived. Uh, that's sort of a pretty intimate term and meaning that, that lust, your own lust, you're the con man, you're the mark, and your plan is the idea, and, and it all works really well that way itself in your serving self in that way and when lust has conceived when it's come together with you that you've set up the trap for yourself because it's what you want anyway and it's all comes out of our heart and that's hard it's real hard to take but i think james is saying you got to look at it that way then when you like a proverb says a wise man sees evil coming and hides himself well when you realize that evil is the old nature that you have then you'll recognize it real quick if you're looking for yourself oh here comes the con man oh it's me you know, and you real, and then you you back off and you stop and before you make an error in in before then lust conceives and the child is born. The fourth, the sin comes and it's finished when it's completely done. It brings forth death, and everybody could relate. I'm sure if you at all lived anything as a believer i mean it just says that yeah everything's fine and maybe i didn't know for a long time but it, assuming that you do not have any bitterness or unforgiveness towards anybody and all of a sudden you feel yourself drawn away and anymore i feel that for a day or two or something and and it's still a struggle and i guess i haven't reached the point they're talking about it being settled quite yet 
<clears throat> but every man, when he's drawn away, it's of his own lust. It's something, it's a decoy. It's like, well, in this way, man, look what they said. That wasn't my fault at all. And it's not my fault. And so I'm going to tell them how it is. And I'll show them what unforgiveness is. I'll show them what hurt is. And see, and all of a sudden, when you're finished, and all of a sudden, the child, the, the, the conception, the conceiving, the joining together of self, we're married to him, but we turn around and marry our own self, as it were, and we're drawn away and enticed and entrapped. So when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and then that brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved. And that's how he ends up. If any of you err from the truth, and then, like Paul said, you that are spiritual, uh, convert them. And Peter says over here in the end of, of uh, his second letter, he said, Therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things, beware, lest you also be led away with the error of the wicked and fall from your own steadfastness. So it's something James is, I believe, just coming straight out and saying, here's the problem, and you've got to realize that then when you see yourself coming to con your own self, you know why, and you see it coming, you hide yourself and let yourself pass on by. <clears throat>